episode of Thinking Out Loud with your hosts Jermaine and Ben, episode 8. Today we've got our first guest on the podcast today. We have Marlon who's going to be joining us today to talk about his journey with grief and then from then going from, you know, losing your father to also that, to now like becoming one. My dad passed in May 2013 and I probably found out that he was diagnosed with prostate cancer towards the end of uh, 2012 because my dad never told me that he was diagnosed with cancer he kind of rid that burden by himself for a minute but he told my older brother my oldest brother and then I don't know what it was but we kind of had like a little family gathering just my brothers and my dad um no I'm lying so my dad I think my dad probably had a hospital appointment but we didn't know but and then with all of our brothers, we went to my dad's to just collect some bits for him because we was gonna go out and have lunch. And then he dropped the bombshell, like my brother just dropped the news that, yeah, you know, you know, dad's been diagnosed with prostate cancer and the doctor says he hasn't got long. And I just remember looking at my younger brother and, and we were just shocked, like just quiet. The whole room was just quiet. No, no one said anything. You know, a couple minutes after that we all just started crying because it just kind of hit home and sunk in. And obviously you could see my older brother's face that he kind of kept it from us, but he couldn't keep it from us anymore. So he was starting to eat him up, you know, knowing and trying to sort things out by himself because he don't want us to worry. He's never wanted us to worry. So I think we all just kind of cried at that moment. And then once that was done, we started just hugging, just like, just more out of, you know, instinct, you know, there's nothing else to do apart from cry, you know, there's no space to be like the big man in the room. So I think that was that, that that was the initial reaction. And then from then, I think my life kind of just stopped, to be honest. Uh, I think that year I just said, you know what, ban uni for this year it was a write-off I couldn't I think mentally I was gone I couldn't focus on studying I didn't want to do anything didn't really want to eat and then one time Chucks one of my friends he was at my house and we was just chilling and I was at that time I kind of had an afro and then I was just combing it out and he's looking at my hair he's saying yeah your hair your hair's growing long and I was like yeah it's not too bad it's not too bad and he's Said, oh, you know, you've got a patch on the top of your head. I was like, what are you talking about? So I've gone in the bathroom and I've checked my head. And man's got a patch, like a bold patch, in the middle of my head. Thinking, well, what, what is this? And it turns out I, I developed alopecia from stress. And that's when you just kind of grow like bold patches. Um, so I think it just, it, it, it was just eating me up the whole experience knowing that he was dying slowly and I couldn't do anything about it and then as a human as you do you always kind of look back in hindsight think why didn't I do this why didn't I do that and I think I still kind of carry that burden with me today because even throughout the whole period once I knew it was diagnosed the plan was for me to kind of move in with him because he lived by himself in it and he didn't have anyone really people would just go and check up on him 
but I kind of made it my responsibility I was supposed to kind of check up on him but balancing that with with work and I was doing night shifts um so balancing that with work was kind of difficult and then you know when you're just trying to make money as well to to buy things and you're thinking of the funeral and everything's going on and this was just like in the supermarket so Sainsbury so the next morning they would be asking me yeah look can you do a morning shift as well and me I'm just thinking about the money because it's a distraction mm-hmm. you know and I'm just keep going keep going and then there was one day I said yeah dad I mean I finished work but I'm gonna come and see you and then like an idiot so I've already done a night shift I've done the morning shift they asked me can I stay again I then do the evening shift yeah, you were so like I've worked like 24, like pretty much like 20 hours. And obviously you don't have your phone on you. Obviously you can't have your phone on you on the shop floor. Yeah. So I've done that and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, it's late. You know what? I'm going to see my dad tomorrow. I'll call him when I get home. So I'm walking home from Sainsbury's, take out my phone. And, you know, I've got to get a WhatsApp. All I'm seeing from my brother, dad's dead. That's it. You know, two words, dad's dead. Wow. Um, It's crazy. So then I kind of like run home and then I go through the door, I see my mum, and I just drop kind of everything, like raw boom, dad's dead. And I'm just crying, like in her arms, like proper crying, you know. She's just trying to comfort me. Then I've gone to check up on my brother, he's in the living room. And like he's just kind of continuing as if like nothing's happened. It's like he's he's already come to terms with everything. So I'm thinking, you know what, let me try and be strong and not start breaking down in front of everyone. So I'll go into my room. I'm just sitting in the dark. And me, being like a music person, and that music proper calms me down. Like, I was just listening to music, just crying in the darkness for, like, for a couple of hours. Mm. And then I called the missus and I told her. Then she was crying with me. And then two twos, I think I just blacked out. I don't even remember what happened. All I know is I wake up in the morning and like the phone stood on me. I was just crying all night and that was it. I just don't even remember to wake up and the phone's there, but both sleeping, you know. So she, so I think she played a massive part in me trying to get over it. You know, just that, that comfort misses. Um, and I think without her, it, it, it would have been a lot worse because I think a lot of people kind of came to terms with it beforehand. But for me, I felt I, took, I tried to take on too much and I couldn't handle it. And I felt that instead of being with him, when I said I was going to be with him, I chose to work. Um, and I think, yeah, seriously, that just eats me up every day, bruv. Every day, if I listen to a certain type of music or whatever and I think about it, it finishes me. I don't. I haven't forgiven myself for that because I just feel that I should have been better. You know, I should have done better by him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. It was, it was a crazy experience. And then, following his death, I started gaining more alopecia, and then I just used to shave my hair you know all of it off and the people that like, what's going on like you know you sick i'm like no man no i'm all just cutting my hair yeah, you know? I, I remember that i was just like because even with that because 
at the time, I, I didn't really, I just thought alopecia, I didn't know much about it, I was like, you can get that due to stress, I, I was like, I couldn't believe it, like, because obviously at the time, that's the thing as well, like, at the time of when your dad passing, and you obviously, you saying, you know, you're stressed, because I hadn't experienced it, I, I can understand it to a certain extent, do you see what I'm saying, so it's like, when you yeah. say, like, stress causes that, and bro, and obviously it's not to say that I was I was not dismissive of it. Don't get me wrong, you know. Of course, like you, you know, you mean you you always be there for your friends in it. But you see, when something happens to someone and you don't quite get it, and then it happens to you, bro, then you realize, okay, I, I can understand that this is stressful. Yeah. Like this, this is a lot. Like, cause not to, not to say too much about about my story, just to be brief. But I remember, bro. I remember the I remember when I found out about my mum like i just broke down like i was just in i was in bits I, like i couldn't think of anything else like i i was just i was i was just bro, I, that night i think that night yeah bro, I, it literally i was crying for for time yeah like for time like yeah like it, it's crazy and you know and obviously you said you were you were basically trying to hold the fort trying to make sure you know like Everything's everyone's kind of patterned up, and you know, money's still coming in. But do you, do you, would you say now, looking back now, like you, you took on too much too early? Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? I think I, I did, but I wanted to. But it's 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 crazy because obviously I never lived with my dad. As far as I can remember, my mum and my dad were never together. So, and I only really saw my dad like every holiday but we never lived together, but, and then obviously you kind of grow up and you kind of go through life and then you just kind of continue doing your own thing. And then I think it was, it was only when I went to college, I started making more of an effort, you know, like making a phone call, going there. So he was always there. And then I think once I did find out, we became, it kind of brought us closer together. Um, And just because he didn't have anyone there, like he didn't have you like a wife or you know a partner someone who could just provide that comfort and reassurance you know that everything was going to be okay and me having that you know so me knowing what it feels like to be with someone who's got your corner and can provide that and him not have it you know I just wanted to be that for him um so yeah I think I, I probably did take on too much and I didn't share with anyone, you know, it's just me. I thought I'm going to do it on by myself, you know, forget anyone. I can do it all by myself. I didn't tell my brothers or anything. It's just me going to my dad's pretty much every day, getting him any prescriptions that he needed, any food and making sure he had anything. And it's just, it's like you kind of work on autopilot, mm. you know, and that kind of stubbornness. It's like, no, I'm going to do it. You know, you want to be the person to do it because he's he's my dad you know I, I kind of felt like he's my dad yeah I've got my brothers but he's my dad you know I'm the one who needs to kind of hold it down and carry the fort and then it, I guess in the end I just I just crumbled mm. and I, I couldn't take it like I think um because I think me and me and Ben we can't discuss this in, in previous episodes this whole like issue of men like us not expressing our emotions or like men not crying or expressing emotion because 
it's not like it's, like it's not really the norm. It's not really like you know, as a man, you're just meant to just hold it down. Um, mm. And like with Ben, did you kind of feel like that as well in terms of you know when your um, mum passed, you know, being like the only sort of man in the house? I remember you saying you wanted to sort of you know work, you know, help out just to make sure you're you're, you're being active and you, you're actually sort of you know holding down the fort as well. Is it is it was that kind of similar for you as well? Yeah, it was more of um more of um escapism in a way so i just wanted to work and do something just to forget about what happened so in a way i kind of expressed myself through um just just being busy and obviously um that kind of also drained me because i got to the point where i was getting so fatigued uh, i was getting really i was getting some some chronic like illnesses as well so I would get a cold like really, really quickly because I wouldn't rest, you know, because obviously um, grief affected my health, my sleep, even um, even interacting with with like people in general as well. So um, it was more of a escapism for me just to run away from my problems because obviously men don't really like talking about um how they feel because obviously it's it's seen as um uh being too soft or all that are you know you you're being too easy or because obviously um this hide away well society will say hide away your feelings but obviously it doesn't really make it any better you know because you have to open up and be um vulnerable about why you feel a certain way and obviously i like to encourage any man to take up um therapy so cognitive behavioral therapy because i because i went through it um a few months ago so this was in early may and i finished in like late june and obviously i didn't know that you know that opening up was actually making things much better because because when because after the therapy, I felt much more, um, my mind cleared up. I, I, I was able to talk more about um, issues that I would usually um, keep in, like, the luggage, you know, for for example. So I think therapy definitely helped a lot, but it might not help everyone, but it will help someone, you know. Yeah. Um like no it's, it's good man even just like just obviously us just kind of talking about all this and hearing your you know both your like perspectives on these issues like it, it's good as well because again there's therapy and there's also like talking to other people especially as guys and that's that's sort of like a safe haven i, I feel like i rather more talk to um like people that can sort of relate than a therapy. I mean, I'll, st- I can st- I'll still do therapy, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying if, if there's a sense of more um, comfortability when, you know, you know, you talk to someone who's been through what you've been through, it's like, it's like automatically you understand each other. There's no, like, you know, you feel comfortable to say certain yeah. things. You don't, you don't kind of feel like, oh, you know, what I shouldn't say. Like, there's no, like, judgment as well. That's that's the main thing as well. Because yeah. I, I feel like as men, part of the reason why we are kind of, why some of us are wired the way we are is because of judgment and ego. Like, if, if there was no judgment ego, half of us would probably have done a lot of stuff without even thinking twice, like, do you know what I mean? So, but, but when you feel like, you know, as a man, 
you know, you're going to be basically ridiculed or, or mocked somewhere for, for basically um, deviating from the norm. Like, for example, expressing yourself, talking about being open, just being free in it. It's almost a thing that it comes with judgment. And maybe I can only speak for myself, but I feel like that's what kind of holds me back because I don't want people to judge me or think, oh, yeah. Or even worse, say, you know, he's not a man because look at him. Like, he's, he's, he's moving... As it, oh, he's moving like a simp. Oh, I don't know. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like them, them toxic, <laughs> yeah. them toxic yeah. things there, bro. Like, do you know what I mean? So, and, and that's why, as cliche as it sounds, yeah, when people say the truth will set you free, yeah, it's powerful, you know, because once it's out there, it's out there, and you know, once you get it off your chest and you confide in whoever you confide in, then like nothing can come back to you, you know. It's, the weight is no longer on your shoulders. It's like to think of a lack of a better word you know it's like a hot potato you can kind of pass it around you don't just have to stand there burning like your hands just burning because of ego or the way you may come across you know you can share it and let everyone else just let people in and you can be selective of course I'm not just saying tell any Tom Dick and Harry but just let people in you know one way or another um everyone being you know people being there helps whether it's just to kind of be there in the background even if you kind of feel like oh i'm in a room with them and them and everyone's laughing it's good enough even if you know mentally you're in your own mind palace and you're completely gone and you don't even feel like you're in the room at least there's some normality going on around you mm-hmm. and there's out of that kind of gathering there's always something you know, due to make you laugh or smile or a throwback that kind of distracts you. And that's what that's what I found anyway. Just being being around people and people just continuing as normal, not paying too much attention to me. I don't really like the attention on me. Yeah. But there's people kind of continuing as normal but still in the back of their head being mindful. It is enough for me, you know. It kind of, and it kind of takes the pressure off me. It kind of took the pressure off me that I could just be around people and they know that at that point I'm broken but it's not like right let's try and fix Marlon today you know like right that I don't want it to be patronizing like you know just continue with your lives and that's how I would be able to continue with my life so to speak but that's that was me anyway yeah so 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 for you like in saying that um so is that are you saying like people not acting like something's wrong, but people actually going ahead about their business and not treating you different? That's what sort of helped you to kind of like cope with the grief or even like even heal from the grief. Yeah, because I just I just think like labels carry words in general carry a lot of weight. You know, like, like if you, for example, like uh, digressing a bit, if you call someone a victim, no one wants to be labeled a victim, and that kind of word holds so much weight. Because next thing you know, like, oh, yeah, there's that victim. You know, people kind of look at you as if, like, they don't really want to be associated with you. They're, yeah, that victim over there. Oh, yeah, you know who's a victim. So I just think that certain words carry a lot of weight. And I think I just don't – and I don't want to be a burden on other people. I don't want to be, oh, yeah, he's grieving. Yeah, you can see, yeah, he lost his dad. I don't want it to kind of be like a phrase or a saying, oh, yeah, he's just lost his dad, you know. Just yeah, be easy, yeah. be easy around them, you know. Like, take yeah. it easy. Like you know, like when you go into work and you've told you like your boss that oh yeah, my dad's passed, and everyone in the office knows, 
and you can there's like a feeling now as soon as you get in the office there's a feeling that everyone's yeah. kind of walking on eggshells around you everyone knows well yeah my man's just lost his dad like, let's just take it easy let's back off give him space but i don't want that just be normal mm. you know we still can talk and carry yeah. on yeah is that the so, same with you ben yeah in, yeah in a way it's like people you can tell when someone is forcing something on you even though you're, you're grieving like it's like you, you just want to be you just want them to be their selves rather than you know just forcings on you because you know you can tell when someone is trying to you know make you happy but it's like you know you're doing enough like you don't have to force it on the person mm. you know just because they're grieving you know like you just don't know how to kind of approach it but i think what i would say is like just be there for the person that's it just be there like because what i found with me what's helped me is there were people like not necessarily there were a lot of people who were saying i oh, sorry for your loss you know um, if anything you need let me know and then that's it they've done their they've done their i've done my bit i don't have them again in it yeah but there's some people who haven't really said that but they've just they've just been there because they know okay, around this time you need you need to be around your people in it you need to be like that's, that's how it happened you need to be around people that showing you love like people kind of just consoling you and stuff but you know, my thing is that I, I just would just refrain from that. Oh, sorry for your, I mean, yeah, sorry for your loss is all right because generally that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I think there are only certain things that I would say I wouldn't personally say. Like, oh, don't worry, man. In time you heal because what you're saying is that okay, you know what? Yeah, don't worry, man. Just suck it up. In time you you get you can't just get it, it's these we're talking about like lives, isn't it? You can't just I can't just say to someone, oh, you were heal. Oh, but your mum just died. You oh, you don't worry, you were heal. It's, it's kind of dismissive, isn't it? But again, I, I I get that some people mean well. It's not always coming from a place of malice or, or to kind of gaslight, isn't it? But that's yeah. just my thing, isn't it? I feel like, you know, if you don't know what to say, more time, it's cool. Just 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 be there and let, let your presence be kind of felt like, or just, or take like practical steps to help them. Like I know for us, me and my siblings, and that one thing that helped was at the time was obviously I was in no way state of mind thinking about food. I'm a man that loves food, do you know what I mean? So it's like, when I'm, yeah. when I'm thinking about food, you know, obviously I'm proper down and out. So a lot of people were bringing, like, bringing us food. And, bro, that helped. We were set for, like, maybe at least a good four weeks. You know what I'm saying? Man, just eat and eat and eat. You know what I mean? So I just think, you know, I think in when people do these people, if you're able to be there and you want to be there for someone, I think you should just do an action that you can, that shows that and that supports that whether it's just a phone call just to you know just to check up but i think like throwaway phrases like you know if you need anything i just don't really think it helps personally because mm. i probably i probably need a lot of things but i'm not gonna call you and ask yeah, you it's yeah it's like a redundant statement but it's, it's just a yeah. statement that's made because you want to kind of show that i mean to be fair and some people do generally mean it, if you but, need anything let me know in it don't get me wrong in it but more time it's just a thing where a thing we just say like and 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 again, I'm I'm not slating it, saying that people who say are 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 not gonna follow through, but I'm just saying it's more of a thing that you just say, and because there are some people who kind of say it and follow through, whereas and there are some people who say it, and it's just a thing. Okay, let me just yeah, if you need anything, let me know, shout me. But really, really, <laughs> <laughs> they they ain't on nothing. You know what I'm saying they ain't on nothing. Exactly. You know I mean, I mean so again, again, I don't want to sound like this mad person, but obviously, I still welcome in it. I get it. People don't know what to say, but I'd rather you just say, I don't know, you know, take care or something. I don't know, you know, just 
I just don't want to feel like I have to go on my way to say something. I'd rather just kind of say nothing. But I was that's what that that's what will work for me. And again, everyone handles things and will appreciate things differently. So but I think this is what I would do should the time come. I'd rather show action and be there in whatever capacity that I can be to show that I care and kind of support support that person who is in need as opposed to speaking. When you became a father, Dad, how was that experience like for you, you losing your father and to becoming one? Yeah, you know, it's kind of difficult, you know. I think, I think naturally you don't want to be like your parents. And I think that's kind of like uh, the first thing, you know, because I think it's easy to kind of look up, look back on your own upbringing and see flaws in it. And you kind of disregard maybe any trials and tribulations that your parents had to kind of go through and the circumstances because uh, most of the times your parents don't really tell you everything that's going on behind the scenes. You kind of only see what they show you. It's like it's like a magic trick being a parent. Um, but from the bit of what I did see, I know that certain aspects of my upbringing, mainly from my father's side, um, I didn't want to kind of bring on to me being a parent. I, I always want to be around um, and not just being a phone call away or a 20 minute bus ride away, but with, you know, my partner um, and us being in a committed relationship and committed to each other. So being a father strengthened my love for my fiance and her having a baby kind of meant enhance that again because you kind kind of reinforces all relationships that you have so a relationship you had with your dad and your mum and then because you kind of see your partner in a different way the fact that she can go through all of this I don't know kind of to go through that whole experience because you through that whole nine months it's kind of like turbulence you know you see someone going through so many variants of emotions and when the baby comes and you see the pain and you see the cries and the tears you're just so grateful and you feel and you just know that at that moment you've kind of put them on a on a pedestal because they've given you you know a child and then for it to be a son I don't think any guy yeah I was just and to kind of find out it was my son my firstborn you know, I think it was it was just amazing because I guess growing up watching stuff like My Wife and Kids and, you know, kind of those sort of shows, you kind of have like an idea of how you want your family to be and the Fresh print. Like you, you kind of have this idea that it's just going to be jokes and everyone taking the mick out of each other. Yeah. And everyone wants that son to kind of be, you know, to carry on the name. So it, it no, it was it was a great feeling. To answer your question, I think yeah, I just want I just want to be more present, um, in his life. And my dad, although he weren't always there, he always gave. If I ever needed something, so I, I think that was the difference between my mum and my dad. My mum done the upbringing, and my dad kind of complemented that by giving what my mum couldn't, by means of maybe materialistic things and also um certain aspects of life you know um so 
and that's kind of carried over to me. I'd give my son every, anything he wants. As long as I'm working, you can have anything he, anything he wants. It's not, I don't see it as spoiling um, or anything like that. If I'm working, you can have it. If I can afford it, you can have it. No issue, you know, because money's money. I'd rather him be happy. So I think that's kind of come from my dad. You know, anything I wanted and I asked, he gave it to me. Um, so that's what I want for my son. I think the only difficult thing is when I've gone to see my dad and I've taken Hendrix, it's like, and he says, what we do? He doesn't really know why we're here. And, and I don't know what to tell him. You know, I think, you know, I say, yes, granddad. And he's like, where's granddad? And it's like, you don't kind of prepare. I didn't prepare what I was going to say to him when we got there. So, yeah, I'm going to see my dad, going to see granddad. But all he sees is a tombstone sort of thing. And then you kind of have to think on the spot. Like, yeah, you know, he's sleeping or he's in the sky or whatever you kind of believe in or whatever you feel is best to tell them at the time. It's just kind of difficult because obviously he still doesn't quite get it. Like he's seen his granddad on the missus side, but he doesn't know what my dad really looks like. Um, so I think I just kind of wish that my dad was around just to kind of to see me, you know. And cause I guess it's always you always want that reassurance that you're doing well. And I don't, and again, I think that's something that a lot of people don't do. Well, for me anyway, I think like a lot of people don't give credit, you know, people don't say, look, you're doing like a good job. I think a lot of people just think it's what you're supposed to be doing. And yes, they are right. But that kind of acknowledgement, you know, that yeah, you know, you're doing really good. You've come a long way. It, it kind of, it does, it means the world. And I think if my dad was around, and he kind of said that to me, I would just know that I'm doing it right, you know? Yeah. So everything I do, I kind of do in the hope that for our name, our family name, because my dad always be- believed that we run things, you know, we can do what we want. And that's why I kind of approach life in that same kind of manner. I know that if anything I do, it will be the best. Anything I want to do, will be the best if anything I can do I'll be the best at it and I just want to pass all of that down to Hendrix and make sure that you know he could be the best he can be but yeah so yeah it's, it's difficult but I would just say that having a son and being a parent is it's quite difficult to put into words you know again I think it's more of an action thing and then again you still can't let go of that you know, some parents are strict, but you don't want to be strict because times have changed and you just feel it doesn't necessarily work, but kind of moving away from what you know has been a struggle. So I guess sometimes I could be a bit more firm because he he is a boy and I still see him that I kind of see him as a man, although he's a boy or a baby because you're trying to, I kind of probably take that from my upbringing, you know, my parents were quite firm and one direction, mm. but there was, there was give, but, you know, I kind of see that in me. And I do try to fight that because I don't want to go that way. I just want them to, to be, 
you know, just be. And if you want anything, you can have it. You know, just be happy. And that's what I want for him, really, is just to be happy. So um, that, that's that's my goal. That's my mission regarding upbringing. Just be happy. And then I'll sort everything else out for you. That Honestly, that that's like... A- a very very positive because do you know what it is yeah what one thing i admire like just from this conversation is just like the there was not one ounce of like negativity that you've kind of sort of said in terms of raising your son so there's no like um you know like negative sort of traits you've picked up like from going through grief you know from experiencing that it just seemed like you're ready to just give your son everything in terms of positivity give him everything that that's, that's positive to be about not kind of wanting to kind of like deal with your sort of um, mental struggles with grief. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, although last, there probably well, there probably come a point when at some point he's gonna know, like you know, the extent of things. You know, learn about about his granddad and how things happen. But I guess for now, obviously, like you know, he's he's probably at age where, you know, he's not even gonna understand. You even understand what's going on. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And so yeah, I mean. Who knows? Maybe down the line things can change, but for now, you know, I think you just gotta separate the two. You know, um, compartmentalize things, and I think, like I said, it's just like a magic trick being a parent. You know, you kind of show them one thing while something else is happening behind. You know, like smoke and mirrors. He only needs to know what he needs to know, and that's why he can do anything. He can be anything, and that he should just be happy. The rest I'll deal with. And then when we come to that bridge, we come to that bridge if we come to that bridge. Mm, that's true, yeah. And that's good. I mean, like I said, obviously, like we wouldn't know, um, you know, what that kind of thing is like. But I, I would like to think that, you know, if we ever do become parents ourselves, you know, it's, we can have that sort of... Um, bond. Yeah, bond. You know, yeah. where we... we and. Not so much at a bond, but it's more so just and not letting the sort of um, the negativity of grief seep into that kind of relationship. Because I know it's 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 not it's a I see it as, as a as a marathon, not a sprint. So like when it, when I say that, I mean in terms of our mental health, it's not going to um, be taken care of overnight. So it's, it's got to be a continuous thing where we kind of you know condition our minds to say, look, we've been through something as horrific as this, but as we get older, and as you probably can experience, modern, we're going to get to a stage where we're going to start looking after after other people and we didn't treat it i believe that if you can't look after we can't look after ourselves whether that's mentally physically it's kind of it's going to hinder how we look after others and, and in your case you know when you have a like when you have a child you want to be on job like from the get-go you know of course they're going to be hiccups in terms of you know your 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 men, your mental state because you know grief grief never ends in a way in it but yeah you, know, you just want to be like on on par like in terms of like give your child the best you can and the best of you best of and you. that's it and just to piggyback piggy bank that what i guess what i've learned as well as being a son and a dad is that when you're a, a man in general i think we're very disposable in terms of um just in general with we are very disposable. Like I see, like a lot of relations. I think it's quite easy for. So, for example, I think it's quite easy for a child to let go of their dad, but be around the mum because the mum is that kind of caring, 
nucleus and I think there's always that sort of gravity that kind of bring you know kind of stares you towards your mum and I think men I don't know but I kind of feel that we're kind of expected to kind of just be and as a result of that you're easily disregarded um so like for example I don't know if so let me ask you like when you you both lost your mum and dad but who would you say is the biggest loss obviously it's kind of it's difficult but I'll let Ben answer that one first um probably my mum more than my dad because um I had a close uh, bond with her in a way so obviously um I think because men naturally gravitate towards um, their their mums more. I think it's to do with um, the fact that they were born out of like mum, and obviously the mum cared for them when when they were younger. So I think uh, that affected me more because obviously um, she was help, helping like the family, like helping to to manage like the family, you know, with the rent and. Um, the food shopping and even just taking us to school in general and just helping us out with like this anything that we me and my sister struggled with so i think that it affected us more than it did than my dad so yeah yeah for me personally i think my my um I kind of grieve my mum more. And I, we, we talked about this in the, in the previous episode. Like, And for me, it's, it's kind of the same reasons as Ben, where like, I was more close to my mum. But when I when I was sort of younger, I always used to think, okay, you know what? I said to myself, if I lose my dad, I'll, I'll be fine because I've got my mum. And I think back to what you said, Marlon, that whole, um, we're kind of dis- seen as disposable. Because the reason why I said that is because I just feel like my mum's like the one looking after me. My dad's not really here, so it's like I don't have no reason to miss him or or feel any type of affection if he was to be gone. But obviously, as a child, you know that that's kind of like sort of premature thinking. When you get older, you realize actually, you know what? Nah, you need both of them. But it's just that I feel I just feel like the way things are is that it's just, it's just that women are more like for them, women are more valued than men. I, I feel like I remember um. This is gonna be a, a bit off track here, but I'm um, I'm sure you catch my point. I remember listening to one um one R V no was it one R V song was it and one Joe song in it? and it's like he was like bun anyone except kids and kids and women in it so just saying that okay so for me that kind of sh- that kind of shows that basically as men our lives are not even it's like not even taken seriously like you know even if if it goes far as and it's a, it's a quick segue. You watch the film Titanic here. Yeah? They they say children and women first, because those are the, those are. The, and again, I'm not saying that it's wrong to kind of to kind of value them. Don't get me wrong; it's not wrong. But that's how that's how the setup is. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not our yeah. men, men first. It's you know we we got to look up look after the family, and not just in terms of making money or anything, because that's all second to being present. Um, and and I think like kind of analyzing the way I've been brought up, kind of seeing other families operate, being around other people and how they talk about their parents and their dads. I think that is a journey that I'm also going through is that I always want to be present, you know, in the moment, even more so now where we're all sat 
sucked, you know, sucked in with the phone and the social media and everything else. It's kind of, and it's difficult. It's a battle, but always being there, whether that be being on the school committee at his school when he starts school, you know, but just showing that you care. I just think you kind of have to do more being a dad. Um, so that's 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 it for me, I suppose. Yeah, do you know what? Like that that's just the mentality I have, like when it's all said and done, like and and obviously I, I can't speak from a place of being a dad, but but I'm talking more of a place of like in terms of like my family, so like my my sisters and aunt. Like when it's all said and done, like whatever happens to me, I know that I basically done my best to look after them wherever I can to just be just to be active in it. So if, if anyone needs anything I can provide. I know it's again it's not just about money, but it's that sense of security. So like, you know, your so your yours, my sister being able to call me whenever she's in a she's in a in a in a in a pickle or whenever like she needs something, she can relax. You know what I mean? And the same goes with every other person in my family. And that's what for me is like the base I feel is the basis of being a man. Just just basically being there for your family, like you can look after them and you know, like you, they can, they can, they know that they can count on you. Yeah, I feel grief is kind of, it's changed the way I just interact with people. So I realise, you know, my my um, mortality has, has kind of changed in a way. You know, I'm a lot, I'm a lot more aware of um, what I need to do. You know, just to live um, a purposeful life. You know, because obviously I'm. Um, not many people have that um, awareness, you know, that life is short, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So you just got to do, live the best life that you, that you can, you know. Um, yeah, it's kind of changed the way I interact with people and even like just focusing on more that important things that, that are more purposeful because it's like you don't want to waste any more time, you know, as you like, as you already have like focusing on like this uh, I don't know for for example it could probably be um, procrastinating over over like a YouTube video or this or or this worrying worrying about things that just don't matter you know because you can't you can't really value worry because you're not going to get anything in return you know so you're just going to be more Hike, you know, and yeah. Just to round off, um, so I wanted to ask you, Mona, any sort of like, sort I would say, gems you can kind of leave with the listeners in terms of um, dealing with grief and just being at a place, a positive place of where you are now. Oh yeah, you know, I, think, I mean, one or two, one or two. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I would just say, you know, I think um, as vague as it sounds, just do what's right for you. Um, and take the time you need to kind of center yourself and reevaluate things. I think um, death. I think death kind of presents a new life, but within yourself, it's like a new journey when you've lost someone. I think it kind of recalibrates what needs to be done and your focus. So I just think, as painful as it is, just kind of use that grief to kind of focus on what you're actually doing and and whatever you're doing in that present moment Uh, just make sure that 
it's what's gonna make you happy because I think that death shows that you don't know when your time's gonna come. So I just think it's very important that if you're ever unfortunate to go through it, just use it as a a life adjustment and just make sure that you are doing what makes you happy because we don't wanna get to a certain age and just look back and regret. And we've had the odd milestone in life that kind of presents itself to kind of shake things up. So stop what you're doing and um, just make sure that you've got the people who you need around you, who you want, and just make sure you're doing what makes you happy. And if you're not, do those things because it will make you happy and it makes everything easier. Nah, bro, honestly, like, we, we appreciate you coming to us and just sharing your story because I'm not going to lie, even with some parts, I, I haven't even known, and I've known you for how long, bro. Do you know what I mean? I think it's important, especially for us, like, millennials, man, because, you know, it's, it's hard for us. Like, people just have this image of us that we're just, you know, all we care about is just avocado and toast and buying yards. I mean, we, still, uh, we, we yeah. do, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, but yeah, we also go through real-life stuff as well, innit? so I think it's just important, like, we can shed light, come together, like discuss, you know, and just help each other out, man, like through conversation. Yeah, no, man, thanks for having me. And it's good just to have a platform like this to kind of just express yourself and definitely get anything yeah. off your chest that you may have had, but you just didn't have someone yeah. to speak to, you know. So, no, what you guys do now is amazing. No, I appreciate it. But honestly, like, as you know, you've been our first guest and like now and i would say like honestly you're welcome back anytime that's it from us thank you for listening guys don't forget to follow us on spotify subscribe on apple podcast follow us on the gram as well thinking out loud pod underscore yep